Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. It's really lovely to see you all here tonight, and especially uh, our visitors um, and other friends. Um, and I just want to welcome, especially tonight, uh, Debbie, who's our speaker tonight. Uh, and um, we'll be hearing from her very shortly. Things are going to be a little bit flexible tonight. We've just put things together and we've changed things around a little bit. So just bear with us a little bit and we'll, we'll have a real good night. <laughs> so um, we're going to start um, with Val uh, with an opening prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. I thank you, Lord, that we're free tonight here, Lord, to praise you, to give you thanks, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thanking you especially, Lord, for Jesus. And Lord, we just pray for each one here tonight, Lord, that you would just bless us, Father, in our time together. And Lord, we just thank you for bringing Debbie to us. And we pray for her. Just pray, Lord, that you would anoint everything that she does tonight, Lord, that she'd be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to include the children tonight, but first of all, we're going to start with our first hymn, which is 109, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. <clears throat> Have I got it? Oh, oh, lovely. Hello. Well, thank you very much for having me here this evening. It's lovely to be so welcomed and a warm welcome. It's lovely to be together and to see so many of us. So it's lovely. Thank you very much. And I thought this evening I uh, would do a little bit for the children as well as for the adults. So um, I've got some readings this evening that I was going to have a little look at if you'll bear with me if I start with them and then we'll do a prayer it's okay children can stay where they are they're fine oh have they oh don't worry don't worry are we all young at heart here tonight yes we're fine don't worry so I've got two readings to tie in this evening with what we're looking at so I've got a, a reading from the Old Testament first, which is from Isaiah 43, and it's only verses 1 to 3, so it's only short, but I'm, I'm going to read it to you twice, two different versions. Um, now, if you're young at heart and, and you know, you're not very good at listening, but, but you fancy doing something a bit different, what I'd like you to do is every time you hear the word I... I want you to point to the sky. And every time you hear the word you or your, you can point to your heart. And if you really want to, if there are any mathematicians amongst you, you can count how many I's, you's and yours there are. But if you're fancying just sitting and chilling this evening, just listen, don't worry. So I'm going to um, read you my first version out of my Bible. And it's very short, so bear with me. So it's Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 3. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Oh, you're a good lot. That's made me all excited. Sorry. <laughs> I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers... 
they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Well, you're a good lot, I know. Fair play. I'm glad I come now, Mark. Thanks for asking. Look, they're well behaved. They play the game. They're not looking at me grumpy, thinking, oh, this weird girl. <laughs> well, they're probably thinking it, but we'll be fine. <laughs> As you can see, God loves all sorts. I wonder where the inspiration comes. Anyway, um, so I've got a second version for you of the same, same reading by Isaiah, but it's from the Message Bible, which is a bit more informal. And I just love this. I just love the way it's worded. So, <laughs> very good. Anyway, don't be afraid. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am your God, your personal God and your saviour. I've paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. Thank you very much. I've got a warm, fuzzy feeling inside now, so thank you for that. So that is from our Old Testament, and hopefully it'll tie in a little bit later. But also, I just love that verse, and I think we can all do with a bit of that, can't we? Just to remember that whatever we're going through in life, doesn't matter what it is, God is right there with us. And, you know, rock in a hard place, he's with us. So I'm going to read to you now from my Storyteller Bible. Kiddies. If you want to, hang on, I'll go and say hello. Hello, how are you? I'm coming to say hello. This is, for those of you who remember the 80s, challenge Annika. Anyway, how are you? To come and sit. Oh, fantastic. I just knew it. So you turn on your Here we go. Back again. I did. Oh, whoops, a daisy. Don't worry. I did warn you. I it was a bit of a nutty. Margaret, you warned them. <laughs> don't worry. They're numbered, so I can sort it out. Sorry. Thank you. It's not right. Okay. The kind stranger. Jesus was teaching one day when a man in the crowd asked him a question. Can you tell me, Jesus? What I have to do to live forever? Jesus smiled. Love God, he answered. And love your neighbour as much as yourself. But who is my neighbour? asked the man, hoping to trick Jesus. Is he just the fellow who lives next door? Let me tell you a story, Jesus said. And I think you will understand. Once upon a time, there was a man, a man like any one of us, who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, as you all know, 
That is a very dangerous road. It is twisty and steep, and there are no end of places for robbers and thieves to hide. Well, the robbers were waiting that day, and they grabbed the man, and they beat him, and they took his money, and they left him to die. Oh dear, sighed the crowd. They felt sorry for the man. Jesus went on with his story. In a little while, another man came walking down that road. A priest, on his way home from worshipping God at the temple. He saw the dying man, and what do you think he did? He helped him, shouted someone in the crowd. He saved him, shouted another. No, said Jesus firmly. He did not. He took one look at that poor beaten man, then crossed to the other side of the road and walked away. Oh my, murmured the crowd. Wait, Jesus continued. Soon another man passed by. He served God at the temple too. So what do you think he did when he saw the wounded traveller? He, he ran for help, shouted someone. He raised the alarm, shouted another. No, said Jesus again. He did not. Just like the priest, he crossed to the other side of the road and left that poor man to die. Oh no, the crowd sighed. Don't worry, said Jesus. For there was one more man who passed by that day, and he was a Samaritan. A Samaritan, shouted someone. Oh, they're different from us. We hate Samaritans, shouted another. And they hate us, added a third. So I've heard, nodded Jesus. But when this Samaritan saw the man, he did not walk away. No, he bandaged his wounds. He loaded him on his donkey and he took him to a nearby inn. And he paid for that man to stay there until he was well. Jesus looked at the man who had asked him the question. So tell me, he said, which of these men was a neighbour to the man who had been robbed? The third one, the Samaritan, the man answered. That's right, Jesus smiled, because my neighbour is anyone who needs my help. Now you go and help your neighbour too. May God add blessing to reading of his word. I'll hand it to you. I won't do the do that. Thank you. Things I should sing, can't I? <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna to read to you uh Hello Mike. <laughs> I'm going to um, read Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. 
His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank you. I asked Alan to read that psalm because I've been reminded lately of just how important it is to praise and to give thanksgiving to God. So I just want to share some of those thoughts with you. Do we thank God each morning for the life that he gives us, that we're alive, and for all the blessings that he gives us? Just want us to focus for a few moments on thankfulness. Let's be rainmakers. Let's send up vapours of praise to form some rain clouds, because that's how clouds are formed. So that God can shower us with his blessings. Are we stuck in a drought because we're not sending up our praise and thanksgiving? Let's get our umbrellas ready for his showers of blessing. It's all about trust. Elijah was in the middle of a drought. He sent his servant seven times to look for a cloud to see if it was going to rain. But the seventh time the servant came back and said there was a small cloud. Elijah never gave up. God was in control and down came the rain. Paul and Silas were praising God in prison when at midnight an earthquake struck the prison. Their chains broke free. Praise is powerful. In Psalm 31, David tells us, says to God how bad he feels and then he realises that he's just sending up complaints. Someone said, complain and remain. We can't move on. Praise can turn things around. It's about trust. Let's develop an attitude of gratitude. Even when things are difficult, let us offer him our sacrifice of praise. Jonah offered God a sacrifice of praise from the belly of the whale. Jesus gave thanks for the five loaves and two fishes when he broke the bread, even though it wasn't enough, but we all know what happened. The 5,000 were fed. <coughs> Corrie ten Boom was a well-known Dutch lady and was an evangelist after the Second World War. She was able to thank God for the life, for the lice that infested the hut in the concentration camp in which she was there with her sister and other prisoners. Because of the lice, the guards stayed away from their hut and this gave Corrie more freedom and time to share God's love and the gospel with her fellow prisoners. And Job, after all he went through, said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Alan's going to read from Colossians 3, 5 to 17, and then we're going to sing again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're now going to sing um, number 35, Give Thanks to the Lord with a Grateful Heart. To come up now, um, most of you know them, but they're Geordies from Newcastle, so I hope there's a translator about. I'll translate if necessary, but um, welcome, welcome, come up. Saved us doing an introduction anyway, which is uh, handy. So, yeah, we've just been asked to share a little bit similar to what um, Jim and Janet did a couple of nights ago. Um, so, I'm Paul, this is Rachel, my wife. We've got two kids, Hannah and Daniel, nine and seven year olds, sitting at the back there. Um, we, yep, um, me and Rachel. Yeah, okay. Me and Rachel originally met um, at Tarsus in the year 2000 at Quinta Centre um, and so that was 18 years ago and we've been married 13 years now um, <coughs> and there's never been a crossword no <laughs> time so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, when Rachel came and spoke to us and said, um, Sheila's asked whether we'd like to share, my initial response was, uh, no thanks. But um, then I thought about it and I thought, well, yeah, what a, what a great opportunity to do it. And there's loads and loads of things that we could share, I could share, Rachel's going to share something separate. But I was thinking about it yesterday and a few things came to mind and then this morning um, when... Alan spoke. Um, there was two questions we were asked to take away in the groups, which was um, a time where we've been in darkness, personally, and also uh, where we've got lumps, um, like in the the Potter's Clear, where there's there's lumps and we're in us that need uh, smoothing out. So that pointed us in the direction um, of what I was going to speak about. So for me, uh, my lumps and my sort of times of darkness all based around uh, confidence and like personal sort of self-confidence and it's something that all through life, childhood, um, in adulthood I've, I've struggled with a bit so I've always had this kind of um, label if you like of being quite quite a quiet shy, shy lad and it's something that uh, as I've allowed to hold hold me back personally but also something that I've been quite happy to hide behind as well at times because it's it's made things 
a bit easier. So that's that's kind of a bit of bit of background. But the thing I I want to talk about starts like um around about two thousand and eight, so about ten years ago. Um, me me job. I work for uh, a large Japanese company, um, Nissan, up in the northeast, and for the l I've been there 23 years now. But for the last 12 years, part of that job I've had to do a little bit of travelling around the world. So fortunate enough to go to places like Japan, Thailand, Holland, um, etc. But in 2008, I went out to Japan and I had a bit of a, a rough time. Um, I got ill when I was out there, and it didn't go great. I ended up getting sort of shipped home early and. It, it hit hit me quite hard, hit me confidence quite hard because I already wasn't that strong anyway in that area and it was like, well, what are people gonna think? Like what does that how does that reflect on me, my um reputation, uh, so on. So forth and it, it, it took us a while to kinda get get past that really because it was it was a really dark, tough time. Um and for years after that, four or five years after that I kept getting asked to go back and do and do more um, buy-off trips uh, abroad, and I, there was always reasons why I couldn't, and they weren't made up. There were legitimate things like I could work it so that yeah, you're better off sending somebody else. And and then in 2014, it was about April 2014. Um, I got my boss at the time uh, said, "I want you to go and do this project because I think it'll be really good for you." Um, I didn't know his motives, I didn't know why in particular, um, and I kind of said, well, let us have a think about it. It was going to be like August, September time, and I knew it was going to be like a, a four and a half week trip, which is a long time to be away from your family, especially with, with young kids. I think the kids were only two and four or something at the time. Um, so anyway, I went away, thought about it, and I was going on a... a another Christian uh, holiday that, that year in that May, June time. And somebody, the only person I'd spoken to about this at the time was Rachel, and somebody gave us a a, um, a scripture, which was Isaiah 43, 18, which was, um, <laughs> forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And that kind of pretty much cleared things up in my own head that you're meant to go and do this. So anyway, Without going into great detail on that, um, that trip, trip um, came, went. I lent on God an awful lot during the trip, and it was tough, and but got through it. Um, and uh, then that sort of led us into the, the next year, where 2015, me, one of my bosses uh, announced he was going to retire, and a lot of people around me at work and at home was saying you, you should put in for that job you should apply for that job and i was thinking no nah, i don't need it i don't need the hassle um i'm quite comfortable doing what i what i'm doing i like my job and i could see the things in that job that needed me to sort of step out of my comfort zone and, and basically I, I was gonna have to be a lot more confident than 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 i am so I wasn't sure, um, but anyway, we, we decided we spoke and we prayed about, it and I decided, well, I'll put, I'll put in. We'll see what happens, and if I'm meant to get it, I'll get it. If not, then I'll not. And anyway, I got the job, uh, and that was three years ago. And <coughs> over that three years, there's been a lot of 
a lot of times during during it where I've come home and I said to Rachel, I don't know why I'm in this job. Like I, I really don't like it. I like it's it's hard, it's tough, it's it's pushing us further than I wanna be pushed. But you know, three months into it, um my shift patterns changed. It wasn't expected to happen. It it, it had a, a big hit on, on us financially because you get paid more for different shift patterns. Um, after six months, the manager decided he wanted to run the department a different way, so my job role changed, and I, I didn't enjoy, and I didn't like the way it was going. Um, but all of these things, about, it was only a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, and I, and I came on, and I was still, I, I still don't know why I'm in this job. I don't, like, it's, it's, I find it so difficult. And then it, it, it dawned on us, you know, all these skills that I, I'm having to do in these jobs, like the, decision making, the interpersonal stuff, the presentation skills, the motivational stuff, all that sort of stuff, my me, me confidence has grown because of it with like unbeknown and it's just gradually happened. Um, so I feel like God's working uh, through me in it and it's still a, a, an ongoing process but to be honest if, if it wasn't happening I wouldn't be studying now I'm telling you about it because I, I wouldn't have been uh, confident enough to, to be up here doing it so um yeah i think that's that's where i'm gonna stop um so yeah forget the former things i'm used to being the mouthpiece because he would hide behind me so i do the talking normally um <laughs> um my um testimony is that I've always been brought up as a Christian I've come to this conference for many many years with my parents and then obviously I met Paul and we carried on coming um, and as Alan said about children often need to go away from God and have a time where they decide whether it really is for them um, I haven't really done that or wanted to do that I've been quite sure it was for me um, and I felt that it was important so I've never gone away but maybe I haven't really grown. Um, I've kind of stayed for a long time as a child in my faith. Um, and often when children go away, they experience a time of darkness. Um, and at the moment, I feel a little bit that I'm in a time of darkness and just a little bit lost in the darkness. Um, and qu questioning things about whether my mind is different to other people's and... Um, just getting muddled up by a lot of things and this week's shown me that the devil is um making me look at me all the time rather than looking at jesus i'm looking at well is there something wrong with me is that am i different to other people um you know are other people struggling with the same things as me and i'm thinking about me 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 all the time um and that i've filled my life up with lots of things lots of busy um, some things for church, some things outside of church, but I've just made myself really busy. Um, and a few weeks ago, I felt like God was saying to me, um, I came that you might have life to the full, not a full life with no time for me and no time really for your family that you filled it up with so many other things. Um, so a verse that's special to me is John ten ten, which is where that came from when I was thinking about how much I have... Um, filled up my life so much that I'm struggling to leave time to spend with God 
Um, so I've started to do what I feel God's asking me to do, which is to lay down the things that I'm busy with, um, to lay down my business at making cakes, um, to step down as the treasurer, um, and to give more time to my family. Um, but I've been a bit resistant to that and not really want, I've wanted to do more than that and felt like, God, you've given me these gifts. I want to use my gifts. I want to be doing more than just that. Um, and, um, and sort of complaining, like we talked about this morning, how the clay doesn't have a right to complain and say to the potter, what are you doing? What are you making? But actually, that's what I've been doing. I have been doing what God asked me to do, but not necessarily with quite the right attitude um, and definitely with some resistance or frustration. Um, and yeah, I've, I want to be more like Jesus, but I'm finding it hard. <laughs> I'm sure we can all, um, you know, attest to that. But I think becoming a parent is something that um, there's lots of facets to it that I didn't expect when I thought, oh, I'm going to have a baby. Um, I didn't expect to become a teacher and a coach. And what it's revealed to me is that I'm not really a very patient person or a very good teacher sometimes because I get tempted to just say, oh, I'll just do it for you because it'll be quicker. Um, and again, I've, I've filled up my life, so I need it done quick. Let's just do it. I'm not, I'll show you later how to do it. I'll just do it for now. And so God's squeezing the lumps and not letting me stay like that um but he's encouraging me it's taking a long time um and from isaiah 40 i was encouraged by he leads he gently leads those who have young which i feel like he's he's not crushing me or he's letting me work it out and moving me one step forward at a time and um the last thing I want to share is often God speaks to me through songs. So I just wanted to read the words of this song, which is, This Isn't the End, which I feel I was listening to it one day in the car when I just said I want to step down as the treasurer. And I was feeling like, what's going to be left? Um, and the song says, um, I know it's hit you without warning. You weren't ready for letting go. Only left with questions, out of hope, don't know where to go. Every promise turned to heartache. In a moment, you lost control. Try to ride this storm out on your own, but you're not alone. So don't fall back. Keep fighting. Out of your ashes rising, I'm right here, and I want you to know this isn't the end. It's a chance to start again. And when the smoke clears, you'll be home. This isn't the end. It's a war you're going to win. And out of the fire, a new life begins. This isn't the end. Um, there's a pain that makes you stronger. There's a faith that holds you close. Don't be afraid to let your weakness show. You're not made of stone. One chapter sinks lower, but your story isn't over. I'm right here, and I want you to know that this isn't the end. And so... I don't know what's in the next chapter, and, um, but it isn't the end. And I'm excited to see what God's got planned uh, for when I've put down all the things that uh, I have been doing. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Wasn't that beautiful? Thank you both so much for sharing. That was really lovely. Thank you. Real blessing. Um, my husband says that this is bribery. Okay, so I'm going to put some sweets in front of you. And all will hopefully become clear. I shouldn't run too much. I run before and then I was out of breath. And I was... Right. Let's bring you some here. I'm going to whip down there. How do Uncle Glenn? You all right? Hello. Can you reach? Will you share nicely? I'm sure you will. Sorry, I'm coming. <laughs> Here you go. Picky thing. Sorry. I thought there was a parrot in the room. Have you got some? You've got some. There we go. And you've got some too. You can all share. Oh, dear. Thank you very much. I'm really moved by that. But, right. Okay, so my talk this evening is God loves all sorts. So, I love sweets, and most people do love sweets, or chocolate. It's very easy to love something that we like. Not so easy to love sprouts or cabbage or other food that we don't like. Now, one type of sweets that I enjoy are all sorts. Now, all sorts were created by a happy accident. The story goes that in 1899, over 100 years ago, a sweet seller called went to see a customer to sell some of his licorice sweets. And he accidentally knocked over his box of sample sweets onto the floor. The buyer, seeing the colourful mixture over the floor, asked Charlie to make him some sweets just like that for him to buy. So the sweet company, Bassett's, made a mix of licorice all sorts sweets and asked Charlie to name them. Oh, I've just given it away. He called them all sorts and the rest, as we know, is history. Now, 30 years later, they made up Bertie Bassett, a character made up of all the different all sorts sweets. So my talk today is called God Loves All Sorts. Now, I don't think that means that when we get to heaven, God is going to be sat on his throne with a big bowl of all sorts by his side for when he feels peckish. peckish. What I mean is that whoever we are, whatever we are like, God loves us. Our Old Testament reading told us that God knows us and that wherever we are, he is with us through all the hard times and that whatever we face, he is by our side and never leaves us because he loves us so much. God loves all his people. He made us and created us. Every human being on this earth is known and loved by God. He loves all sorts. And he gave us the free will to choose whether we would love him or not. So, to remind you now that God loves all sorts, please take an all sort. Now, before you eat it, I would like you to take a good look at it and notice how they are all different. Very good. Oh, there's some lovely sharing going on in Pantador this evening. I tell you. A Christian gathering, they're a good lot, fair play. So, 
I wondered if when you looked at the all sorts, if you noticed that all of them have licorice running through them somewhere. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's standards. So everyone who has ever walked this earth has done things wrong. We all have marks of sin in our lives. Now, some people are like the sweet that is all licorice. It is really hard to find any sweetness in them. They don't really care about the sharp taste they leave behind. Now, others may outwardly appear to be a bad lot. Yes, maybe they have gone spectacularly wrong in life and made awful mistakes. But in their heart, they have sought forgiveness. Now, most of us are like the sandwich variety. We've got some sweet layers with a bit of licorice in between. Good sometimes and bad at others. Now, I love the pink coconut all sorts. Sweet and chewy and pretty to look at, but even this has got a licorice core. So even the prettiest, sweetest people have sinned. It may not be obvious to an outsider, but God, who sees our hearts, knows the pride, the greed, the bad thoughts that are deep inside us. So whichever all sort you select, you can be sure that it will have some licorice in it. And whichever person you can think of, you can be sure that somewhere in their life, there is something wrong. And the Bible shorthand word for that is sin, which is what separates us from a perfectly good and perfectly holy God. He cannot bear sin, so what does that mean if we are sinners? Maybe, as you look at your life, you're thinking, well, Debbie, I've been pretty good. I've never murdered anyone or robbed a bank or thrown a brick through a window. But have you ever told a white lie? I know I have. So what does that make me? A liar. Have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? I know again that I have. So what does that make me? Thief. I've often robbed the sweets out of my boy's sweet jar when they're in bed. I'm not a very good mother at all. Um, you know, or perhaps you've, you've had selfish thoughts, or you've said unkind words, or you've been jealous or greedy. We've all fallen short of God's standards. Or perhaps you've already acknowledged that you've done wrong and you feel bad about it. But now we have the good news. And the good news is that even if you have done wrong, you can know forgiveness, peace and joy and abundant eternal life because God truly loves all sorts. He sent his darling son to die for us in our place so that all of our sins, all of our licorice could be walked away, washed away, sorry, not walked away, and that we can be forgiven if we're truly sorry and love God. I've did a little bit, so I hope you'll forgive me. But in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the all sorts in the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have everlasting life. So God loves all sorts. Whoever we are, wherever we're from, be it Newcastle, up north, 
or here in mid Wales, wherever we're from, God loves all sorts. And Jesus showed us how he wanted us to behave towards all other people. In the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus taught us firstly to love God and then to love each other. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus said that in John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. If you watch the news, you can see the desperate need in this world for disciples of Christ to share their love for him. Children and adults starving, fleeing war, refugees thrown from their homes. But this is where we can galvanise. Jesus wanted us to show his love to his people, all sorts of different people. And we can bring hope to the world. We can love our fellow human beings, whoever they are, and show who Christ is, not by our words, but by our actions. We each have the power to love and to share the love of Christ by our kindness and compassion. We must not be wrapped up in fear of others because they're different to us. We must lovingly cross the road towards them, bind them, tend their wounds, find them and feed them. This is what Jesus commands us to do. The rise of hate towards the, all sorts of different people in the world comes from fear. And Jesus teaches us to love, not be afraid, and love our neighbours, love our enemies. God will be with us, so we need not be afraid. God loves all sorts, love all sorts too. In Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46, it says, The Son of Man will judge the nations. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was used me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So this evening, as you wander back to your caravan or tent or, or back home to the locals, I'd like you to remember Jesus' commands. One, 
love God and two, love each other and remember God loves all sorts. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Debbie. That was a real challenge to us tonight, I'm sure. We've got a lot to take away with us. And I'm sure the next time we eat licorice all sorts, we'll be remembering that message, won't we? <laughs> okay, thank you. We're going to end with our last song now, which is number 76. Jesus is the name we honour.